right. So I guess right. let's just start this off. Um, to anybody that's – do you want to just say, like, to anybody that's listening, or how do you want to start this thing off? Yeah, for sure. Got to get some listeners. All right, yeah. So to anybody that's listening, I'm Daniel Steele. Uh, this is our first – I guess our pilot episode for our podcast, we're going to talk anything uh, sports and anything. So we'll bring in like odds, whether it's like money line, over under bets, uh, things of that nature, just kind of keep you up to date. What we think, uh, you know, who's going to come out on top during this 2020 COVID season with the NBA bubble. Uh, I know we got some U S open golf happening right now, Saturday and Sunday round Saturdays. Just started, and then of course, uh, NFL Sunday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to try doing at least once a week, maybe even twice a week. Talk about uh, what picks we like for Sunday. Uh, maybe throw in some parlays here or there, some underdogs, so uh, you guys can make some money. So, starting off here, we're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. Open. So, DB, have you watched uh, any of it so far? Yeah, I watched most of Thursday. I didn't get to catch much of it yesterday, but um, obviously keep the notifications on always. Uh, not my favorite golfers leading right now, but yeah, it's going to be, I yeah. mean, I, I still fully expect it to be, uh, you know, through today and tomorrow, low, low score is going to win. This has it always been, you know, I'm looking at probably like two under maybe three under. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically some uh, kind of quick stats that I saw going into Thursday, uh, winged foot, which is located very close to uh, New York City, they said that around 1,700 rounds have been played there, and only uh, 66 of those rounds were players to shoot under par. And then they've only had two players shoot under par in a full uh, 72 hole event there. So that was ridiculous. Going in, yeah, going into it, man, you can all obviously tell that this course, uh, this course is super tough. Um, First day, you know, you had JT shoot five under, which was actually three better than the course uh, first day round, or maybe mm-hmm. even the course rec- uh, course tournament record. Uh, so yeah, the course is definitely brutal. Uh, looks like if you can't hit fairways, you are definitely going to struggle. And even oh, if yeah. you do hit fairways, you got to these greens are just uh, super slick and a lot of undulation in them, and they're huge. So even if you hit the green, you still might have a 60 footer for birdie and as tough as they are man like that's that's three putt land for some of these guys oh yeah it's even it's like on thursday with tiger you know he was missing the fairways by six inches left to right either way and that second shot was brutal for him you know that's why he kind of fell off you know big tiger guy but once you hit that plus three plus four mark as most of these guys have on friday it just wasn't good after that you know yeah exactly so uh kind of going off of Friday, it looks like only we had three players shoot under par on Friday. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau shot two under, uh, of course, with an eagle on mm-hmm. 18. I think he went driver pitch and wedge on that hole. So, just kind of showing how uh, how long he is, just kind of dominating dominating the courses when his driver's on. Uh, and basically, you know, one of the big things that I've always heard is uh, in this U.S. Open, it might not uh, – depend on if you drive the ball straight if you can just hit the ball a long ways and put yourself in positions to uh have kind of some short distances into these mm-hmm. greens you can uh definitely make some noise 
Uh, right now, who do you think outside the leaders at you know the under par? You know, we got uh, Kokrak at six minus one, but then you got you know four or five guys at even, then you got another four or five at plus one, another four or five at plus two. Is there anybody you think could make their way back up to the top of the leaderboard? Because you know, obviously Patrick Reed shot four under, and then even the next day. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. So, so any of these leaders shoot high, they can shoot low the next day. Matthew Wolf was four under first day. He shot four over the next day. He's even now. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, as you said, you know, Reed goes four under first day, even the second day. I think the course was playing super hard yesterday. Like I said, you only have three mm-hmm. guys shooting uh, shooting under. Uh, DeChambeau being one of them, and then you had Matsuyama, who's a great ball striker, and then kind of a guy that uh, surprised me with a under par score was Bubba Watson. Uh, you know, this guy, I read a stat about him the past 10, the past 10 U.S. Opens he's played in, uh, six of them, he's missed the cut. So mm. definitely kind of like a and honestly, over, the, over the hump for him. Tough 20 or, you know, last season, the one we just ended on, not a very good season for Bubba either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know he's definitely been struggling a lot, uh, but no, I'd like to see him play pretty well. Uh, he would probably be one that I could almost see winning it just because he's been in the, you know, he's been in the major situation and he mm-hmm. knows the pressure. Uh, I do like Patrick Reed a lot. I know as a player, I'm not really a big fan of him, but I feel like he's kind of taken on this, uh, you know, everybody is kind of just out to get Patrick Reed. Uh, I yeah, know there's sure. a lot of like, he's, you know, had these accusations of cheating and things like that. So, of course, him and DeChambeau were playing together today. And a funny thing is, is like those are probably the two least favorite golfers for most of the people that I uh, know that watch golf on a consistent basis. Yeah. Another thing, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the leaderboard and everybody talks about the young talent in golf. But you look at this leaderboard and look at all this young, you know, talent in the top 20. You got DeChambeau, JT, you know, Cabrera Bayo's always been, you know, solid golfer. Matsuyama's still in his 20s. Shoffley, Wolf, Joaquin, John Rahm, you know, oh, yeah. uh, Hovland. So, yeah, I know. Mean, is, uh, is it now is it now a time where golf's starting to, you know, all the Tigers and Phils are starting to finally just roll over and hand it over to the young guns? Yeah, I think uh, so. As we all know, or anybody that watches golf, Phil just kind of, he just recently played in that champions event and, you know, absolutely mm-hmm. just dominated. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's one of those things where are you, are we going to start seeing these older guys move over to the champions tour and kind of start uh, doing their journey through that. Uh, but no, yeah, that's a great point, man. A lot of these young golfers are starting to come up. Um, I'm a big fan of Matthew Wolf. I think, you know, he's one of those guys that if he can find, you know, a consistent, you know, consistent swing and be able to, you know, he has that little, uh, like that little kind of like shuffle or shimmy that he does before hitch, his shot. Yeah, his yeah. Hip, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got an odd swing, but as we've seen, uh, or as we have seen during this season, you know, when he's on, he's on. And when he can find some sort of consistency, he can show that he can win as well. But I'd say my pick for the tournament, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. I think that, you know, he's one of those guys that, uh, he's always in the top 10 or top five in these major events. And, you know, he's sitting at even right now going into today. He shot two over yesterday. Uh, but just, you know, he's an all-around good player. And, you know, I can see him shoot maybe a couple under today. Uh, I wouldn't expect anybody above maybe five or six under to win this thing. 
Uh, the course looks super difficult today again. I think we only have maybe like two or three guys under par so far. Everybody else is just kind of struggling at the bottom of the leaderboard. I know like Paul Casey looks like he's three over today, nine over for the yeah. tournament. Um, a lot of guys that I listened to, you know, had Cantlay being up there towards the top. You know, he's 11 over, five over for today. So yeah, um, there's nobody that nobody that's teed off today. I mean, the, the I mean, I got Matt Wallace at plus five, even Van Royen yeah. plus five, plus six, plus seven, plus eight, ten. It goes all the way up to 12. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a tough course for sure. So yeah, I'd say if I had to pick one, I'd like Xander a lot. Uh, and then I know if, if I wanted to give three picks, it'd probably just be Xander, JT, and then, uh, I think Patrick Reed might bust mm -hmm. through and get himself a major win here. I'd have to agree. I think Shoffley's due. He's always yeah. creeping around. It's kind of like female, man, always creeping around the top five. Of course, female's yeah. out at fourth too, but Shoffley definitely is overdue for a, for a win. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, female's one of those players, man, that like you said, he he's always creeping around that top and just hasn't really got the breakthrough that he needs. Uh, really struggles on Sunday, I think. So he did a caddy change middle of the season, and that seemed to help, I think. Uh, he went on to play pretty well whenever he had that caddy change. So who knows, man? Like right now, it's just the leaderboard's so tight. It's anybody's, um, you know, from position one all the way down to, you know, even guys that are plus three, like Rory, um, Rory's at plus three right now. Zach Johnson's plus four. He's even through for the day. He his round just started. Just like if any of these guys can throw some sort of like minus two, minus three for the day, that'd be anywhere like 68, 67, um, and get their self back up there to where around even or mm -hmm. under par going into tomorrow's round. I think uh you might see some low numbers tomorrow. They might make the course a little yeah. easier for Sunday. I agree. I very much agree. Yeah, so uh, we'll go ahead and we'll hop on over to uh, NFL Sunday. So, DB, how's the how's the fantasy team looking? Yeah, are you in multiple leagues or? I'm just in one this year, man. A lot of people, uh, a lot of leagues I'm in, cut it down this year because they were afraid of the uh, coronavirus stuff. You know, and think about like maybe an offensive lineman gets coronavirus. Well, that picks out maybe your quarterback and your running back of that team. Maybe you know. So. Yep. But I'm exactly. in one. I'm in one team or one league, and uh, of course, uh, I was in that James Conner Twitter spill with everybody else. You know, he plays. I had him my team, drafted him in the fourth round, maybe. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like the it's like the guy's made of glass. Yeah. It's hurt all the time. It's it's tough because you know he can't. He comes back from uh, well, he had some sort of cancer, right? And then he came yeah. back, and you know, like this absolutely kind of shocked the league. And was one of the top running backs, but I watched a little bit of that game. And when I saw Benny Snell was in consistently, I was uh, kind of wondering, you know, what happened to Connor? You know, is he hurt or did he twist his ankle or something? And he looked like he was fine, just kind of standing on the sidelines. Didn't look like he was, you know, super in pain. But Benny Snell just kind of, you know, yeah. took over. Took I over. I think you might him. see Benny Snell take over the running back one position. To be honest. After that yeah. last week performance, I mean, I, it doesn't hurt to even give him a try this week. You know, it's early in the season. Throw him in there, first possession, see how he does. You know, he, yeah. he, did, have a, he did have a fumble last week, but, you know, once again, I mean, he did – he played, you know, good amount of snaps last year, but, you know, I still kind of consider him, you know, a young rookie, even though it's his second year because experience plays a big key in this league. 
And um, with James Conner, just always, you know, he always seems to get some nagging injury. It may be time yeah. to move on from him. No, yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, us being UK fans, we know what Benny Snell is capable of. Uh, mm-hmm. The dude just basically just runs over everybody. Uh, he's just kind of kind of has like a head down mentality. He's not super shifty at all, but you know that can always come with experience. And I know I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, he's going to have to learn to run like the good running backs," you know, um, which I kind of understand, but then kind of don't. You know, Marshawn Lynch was a guy that just ran over people. Uh, yeah, just kind of sacrificed his body, and you know, if he got hurt, he usually would just play through it. So maybe mm-hmm. Benny Snell's going to be like that. Um, I know they were saying that if he kind of continues to run like he do, it does run now, you know, he's going to end up getting hurt and he's not going to be in the league very long. Well, but, I mean, uh, you look at Chris Carson, who's in Seattle now, he's not a cutter guy. He gets the ball, hits a hole, and he goes. You know, he doesn't. Yep. He's, exactly. one of my favorite running, he, he's one of my favorite running backs in the league. I love Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's not a big cut guy. He makes one cut, takes up the field. Of course, Derrick Henry's a totally different breed when it comes to size. But right. – I mean, there's still guys in the league who will hit a hole and just run straight. They're not going to try to cut around you, spin around you. Joe Mixon, I think, is kind of one of those guys, makes a couple cuts, goes straight. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, you saw him Thursday night. Same thing. He's going to tuck the ball two hands and just run over you. He's not going to worry about cutting. Exactly. And then, I mean, and we see how all the success that Chubb's had at the Browns. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they have that combo there with Kareem Hunt and Chubb, and it's just, you know, the Browns, speaking of the Browns, like, can they – can they string a couple wins together? Who knows? Uh, of course, they played the Bengals on Thursday, and Joe mm-hmm. Burrow looked really good. Um, it looks like they may have found their quarterback that just got to get some sort of offensive line to protect yeah. them. I know Dylan, you're a you're a Bengals fan, so what was your what were your thoughts on the game on Thursday? Well, definitely after last Sunday, extremely upset with that loss. I think you know. I was I was upset with more I think of Zach Taylor that game. Of course, the offensive line played terrible that game. I mean, Chargers defense isn't bad. You know, they potentially have the greatest one-two punch at cornerback in the league. You know, it's up there for sure. But I just think Zach Taylor had a a bad game plan that that day. You know, uh, of course, it's Joe Burrow's first game. Maybe play a little bit more conservative, get him some quick quick throws, quick outs, slants. You know, get him get him comfortable. But when you have weapons like the Bengals do have on offense, you know, you got. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Drew Sample, you know, Gio Bernard's a good uh, receiving back. Um, you have you have to put them all in positions to make plays, and I just don't think – I mean, A.J. played most of his snaps, over 90% of his snaps on the right side of the field. You know, as a receiver as good as A.J. Green, you got to move him all over the field. And talking right. about that offensive line, I mean, when you, the left side – I believe the left side is where it needs to be. You know, Jonah Williams, first-round pick, has played extremely well. You know, he's, he pretty much saved Joe Burrow against Miles Garrett the other night. Right. I mean, Miles Garrett's come off the edge. He caught him late, hit him. Then you got Michael Jordan at left guard, decent player. And then the center position is fun. But when you, once you get past the center and go to the right side, man, it's extremely scary at how bad at, at how bad the right tackle and right guard position is. And if exactly. Mike Brown doesn't do anything about this, Joe Burrow will not be in Cincinnati very long. Either he will be – Asking for trades and you know three four years down the road, or he's going to be hurt. Yeah, exactly. And I'd be taking these hits, a man. good point. Yeah, I know the uh, the right side was actually the side that he took that uh, strip sack on, mm-hmm. and uh, you know watched the replay on that, and you know it looked like the lineman didn't even touch anybody, nor no. you know even attempt to nope. to block. So 
like you said, man, he's going to be either looking to go somewhere else or, you know, hopefully he doesn't get hurt, man. He's just such a great player. Uh, seems like a good guy just by, you know, you know, what I've seen on social media and just interviews and stuff. So hopefully he doesn't go there to uh, go there to die and end his career, but we shall yeah. see. Yep. So I guess we'll just slide over to uh, – so we'll be using DraftKings Sportsbook for all of our odds if, to anybody that's following. Uh, basically, we'll just kind of run through the spreads, who we like, who we don't like. Uh, we'll kind of look mainly at spreads and money line. I know uh, DB and myself, we're pretty familiar with sports gambling. We've been doing it for probably – I'd say I've been sports gambling for probably maybe three years now, three or yeah, four years. About I don't the know same about here. you. Yeah, yeah about so, three uh, years. Usually I try to uh, get my bets in, you know, sometime during the week. So I'll live in Louisville and I'll live right on the river. Uh, so I usually have to cross the bridge to place those bets on DraftKings, which uh, is, is not really a hassle, but hopefully hopefully we can get some sort of sports gambling law passed here in Kentucky. I know uh, myself and DB are strong advocates for that, and we'll see how that works out in the future. But going on to this first game, the 1 o'clock games, you got uh, 49ers, Jets. Uh, 49ers are at minus seven right now. Uh, being the not very, like, strong favorite, but actually I, they are a pretty strong favorite because money line, they got them at minus 315, Jets being at plus 270. DB, who you like in that one? You know, 49ers coming off a – I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't really call it, in my opinion, a, you know, a surprising loss last week, you know, Arizona's got a good football team. You know, we've got DeAndre oh, yeah. Hopkins now. you got a vet, Larry Fitz, you know, decent running backs, a fast quarterback man, Kyle Murray, is just unreal quick. And, you know, he's got an arm, too, to throw with it. Um, yeah, he's, but, he's you know, take over. being the 49ers, you know, coming back from the Super Bowl and having the roster they do, you know, you don't expect to lose at home even without fans to Arizona. So, and watching New York last week, man, they just – they're still just – they still just got a long way to go. They're not very well coached. Um I would I would take the 49ers spread here. Um, wouldn't get much out of the money line, them being such a strong favorite. But right. I would take the 49ers spread here because um, I think they'll really pick it up this week, especially Jimmy G. Um, I just don't see much in the Jets, man. They just they got a long way to go. Yeah, Donald yeah. hasn't Donald hasn't sprung out, you know. And some of that's not his fault, you know. He doesn't have any weapons. His number one wide receiver is Jamison Crowder, who's bounced around team to team, you know, Washington, Jets. So. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with the 49ers on that one. Minus seven. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. I know, like the Jets, like you said, they've been struggling as well. Uh, 49ers, they had kind of that. Uh, people like to call it that Super Bowl hangover, kind of first game back. Um, and like you said, the 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 Cardinals are nothing to spit at. That's for sure. You know, they have Kyler Murray. Nope. Uh, his second year in the league. You look great. Uh, in this in that first game, and like you said as well, you know, Hopkins Fitzgerald, Hopkins did not uh, you know, did not upset. He you know started off uh where he left, you know, coming over from the Texans. Texans with a big blow losing him. Obviously, they would have been able to utilize him a lot more in that Chiefs game, and actually would have made it a little bit closer, in my opinion. But yeah, sure. I like uh, I like the Forty Niners at minus seven. Uh. Running yeah, off, gets, you know, running off the Cardinals, man. Uh, you know, more teams make the playoffs this year. I would not, I seriously would not be surprised if all four teams from the NFC West make the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Seattle, agree. Arizona, the Rams, and the 49ers. Rams looked unreal against the Cowboys that night, you know. 
yeah, losing some pieces on that offense, too. new stadium. They come out and just pretty much put it to the Cowboys. I know it was only what a five point game or seven point game, something like that. But I mean, it was a it was a whole lot worse than what it made it look. And then yeah, Seattle, I mean, Seattle just Seattle's just Seattle. You know, if you got Russell Wilson at quarterback, no matter what you put around him, he's going to make you look good. Yeah, exactly. And that Cowboys team, I know uh, it's just every year, man. Every year, uh, people just talk them up, talk them up, and, mm-hmm. and you know they come out and lose their first game and which I mean I'm not saying it means a lot you know like first game of the season it's going to be something different but uh maybe around it as well so we'll go over to the next game you got Lions Packers uh Packers being a favorite here at minus six and a half uh minus 265 money line with the Lions at plus 225 DB uh, once again, I'm going. Uh, probably gonna have to go Packers minus six and a half. You know, Lions didn't look too bad last week, but the uh, the blown lead to the Bears at home late in the game. You know, kind of it may as a better put in your mind. You know, like where's this team at? Where are they gonna come back next week? But also with the way Aaron Rodgers played last week and the Lions being down two corners this week, especially with Okuda out, I think the Packers just run all over them, looking at maybe a 12, 14 point game somewhere in there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh... Definitely taking the points here with the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, man, he just – the guy just never fails. Had a great game last week. Uh, probably looking to capitalize on that. Over-under on that's 50. Uh, I might take the under on that. I just don't see the line scoring as many yeah. points. Um, you know, it might be like a 28-14, something like that, 28-7 ball game. So – might take the under on that one as well. I'd have to uh, agree there, too. And, you know, uh, it's almost like there. watching Aaron Rodgers last week, it's almost like he was playing pissed off, you know. As we all know, you know, from meeting and everything, he probably wasn't too happy with the pick they took. You know, Aaron Rodgers has never had very many weapons. And, I mean, I, as far as I can remember, as far as I've watched football, his best team has been when he had Jordy Nelson and Randy, Randall Cobb to throw to. Oh, he's yeah. never had any weapons, you know. I mean, of course, he's got Aaron Jones now and Devontae Adams, but – their number two wide receiver is Vontez Scantling, I guess. And, yeah, you know, yeah. when you have that when you have that high of a pick in the second round, you got to take a skill player to build oh, around yeah. Aaron Rodgers. But you take Jordan Love. And I think that's yeah. why Aaron Rodgers is – I think he's out to prove a point right now. You know, not necessarily that his job's going to get taken because we all know that's not going to happen. But Aaron Rodgers already said he wants to play into his 40s. You know, that means, yeah. that means Jordan Love is going to sit behind him for, what, five, six years? Yeah, I think that makes so. No sense. Uh, yeah, it's definitely – yeah, it's weird just, you know, them drafting love. Uh, you know, could it just – could it have been a mental thing? Could they have just been like, hey, let's draft this quarterback and maybe that will light a fire underneath uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. And, of course, you know, he goes off first week. But yeah, I, I definitely uh, like the Packers in that game for sure. So, next game you got the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, Bills favorite here at minus five and a half. And uh, minus two twenty five on the money line. Dolphins sitting at plus one ninety five money line. What do you think about that one? Definitely rolling with the Bills, man. I think the I don't. I mean, I'm not saying the Bills are a legit team, but you know, I even look at their schedule, man. They might win 12, 13 games. You know that. I think that division's a little down this year. You know, New England was impressive first week. I think you know, new offense, completely new offense. You know, around uh, Cam Newton. But uh, I'm definitely going with the Bills, five and a half. I think uh, Josh Allen kind of hit a little stride last week against the Jets. Granted, he had that typical Josh Allen throw. You know, he he can be dropping back, falling off his back foot and throw a 
40-yard bomb on the dime, but he could be settled in the pocket and miss a 10-yard out route. But, you know, they got good running backs. Defense is always good. You know, McDermott's a great defensive coach. And Miami, you know, Miami's still Miami. They got great pieces in there now. They're starting to build. You know, they got Tua behind Fitzpatrick. But I think it's still just Bills by seven at least. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, what do you think about Tua? When when do you think the Dolphins are going to kind of turn it over to him? You think they lose this game and then Tua comes into the third? Or are they going to they, – you think they might hold strong to Fitzpatrick? I mean – I like Fitzpatrick a lot. I like his games. I like his like gameplay and how he how he plays. Um, but you know, Tua being as good as he is and you know playing well at at Alabama, just what do you think? Uh, you think they'll ever go to him or? I don't know, man. I think uh, you know that hip injury he had is pretty serious, but um, you know I don't think they're really in a rush to get Tua in there. Right. You know, there's plenty plenty of guys in the league stay behind a a veteran quarterback. You know, Fitz Fitz isn't a Hall of Famer, but He's a good leader. He's he's always been a solid quarterback, no matter where he's been. You know, everybody considers him that that Amish gunslinger because I mean he just he has no regrets. Yeah. He just go out there and slings that thing around. But uh, I think it would almost take Fitzpatrick just to absolutely implode and play terrible and or get hurt for Tua to come in. You know, just give Tua that extra break. You know, maybe we see him after week eight. You know, or something. You know, halfway through the season, if the Dolphins just aren't competing at all. You know, they don't see any life behind Fitzpatrick. I mean, I'd love to see Tua right now. You know, I want to see how he is off that hip injury. You know, before he was even hurt at Alabama, we all know how he was. You know, I mean, he was throwing to open wide receivers, but, I mean, hell, he was throwing 60-yard bombs on the dot, you know, quick slants, everything. I mean, everything about Tua looked good. So, oh, yeah. I'd love to see him play, but, you know, it's, as as a health way, I don't, I don't want to see him get hurt either because I want to see him have a long career in the NFL because most of his Alabama career was just knocked down by injury. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. So, sliding over to the next game, you got Broncos Steelers. Uh, Broncos at the underdog here at plus seven, plus two fifty five or two fifty money line, and then of course Steelers are at minus two ninety five. So we saw the Steelers in uh, the Sunday night game, the first Sunday night game. I don't know if anybody watched the second one as much, being at you know such a late time. I know here in in Louisville, I'm on. Eastern time, I think DB's on Central. So that game didn't end until about 1 a.m. for me. So uh, yeah. the Steelers look good, man. Uh, I don't know. Big Ben's back. Uh, it kind of got shaken up there at the beginning, and I think he was shaken up at the end of the game. So we'll see how he how he plays it. What do you like on that one? I actually like Denver plus seven on this one. You know, uh, Pittsburgh is uh, – everybody's talking about Ravens, 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 Ravens in the AFC North, but they don't need to sleep on the Steelers. All right, they. Yeah. I think the Steelers have a very, very good chance of winning this division. Their def- that defense, man, is. Granted, they were playing a very, very bad Giants O line, but each three levels on that defense, from line, linebacker, secondary, is just solid. And I think that's just the uh, the memo of the Pittsburgh Steelers always has been. You know, defense, hard nosed football. But Denver is also another team who has. You know, without Von Miller, they're arguably the best defense in the league right now. I believe. Oh, yeah. Very, very solid, very solid. And Drew Locke, man, I think he's been just such a huge surprise. You know, they got – they get Cortland Sutton, Sutton back, you know, K.J. Hamler. I mean, they're going to have Tyree Cleveland, you know, Florida rookie, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, and Jerry Judy in the slots. And then you got Melvin Gordon behind you, you know. Uh, uh, don't Phil forget about uh, Noah Fant at tight yeah. end. 
Noah Fan. I think I think I think it's a, a great game. Last game, I think. Yep, I mean, he, he did. Touchdown he did. The first game, yeah. And that was one of Drew Locke's favorite targets at the end of last year. You know, so I not, might not necessarily take the Denver money line here, but I think I think it's a close game. I think it's a good game, good defensive game. Um, so and uh, don't forget, Steelers are still trying to find that running back right now. So yeah, we'll, yeah I definitely want to see how they uh, how they figure that out. You know, can Benny Snell come back and? you know, perform as well as he did in the first game. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But, yeah, I do like – I like Denver in this game a lot. Like you said, I wouldn't really go money line. I think it's going to be a close game. Maybe anywhere from, like, you know, that three to six point mark. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't take the money line. I love Drew Log, man. I like his uh, – kind of like his ego and, you know, his game style as well. So, We'll see how that game rolls out uh, as we kind of slide over to the next game. You got Vikings Colts, so I'm a Colts fan. Obviously, Colts lost the Jaguars. Uh, I want to call it a fluke game, but who knows? Might have been that uh, Minshew magic or Minshew mania, whatever you want to call it. But you have the Colts at minus three, being the favorite, uh, tied on the money line here. Colts are at one minus one sixty seven, and the Vikings at plus one forty eight. Uh, DB, what do you like here? I think this is a uh, this is a tricky game. This could this could trick you either way because of how both teams performed last week. But um, I, th- I honestly, man, honestly think the Colts' loss last week was a fluke. I don't think I don't think they're that bad of a team as what it what it made it look. You know, losing the Jags, you know, Jags being a very depleted roster. Uh, I just think Philip Rivers had a timely interception, man. And I think that's been the story of his career. You know, sometimes he just bad mistake at the wrong time. Because I mean, honestly, Philip Rivers did not have a bad game. Losing Marlon Mack, that's going to hurt. You know, now you got questions at running backs with the Colts. Are they going to bring in rookie Jonathan Taylor or, you know, what's happening? But yeah, I, I agree I, for sure. But, you know, the Vikings, Vikings didn't look good. They lost, They lost. I mean, pretty much their whole defense, all their veteran players, Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, Mackenzie Alexander. Um, I think I like Colts minus three here, honestly. Yeah, I would definitely uh... – yeah, I like to, I like the Colts to bounce back here. You know, being a Colts fan, obviously it's going to be a little bit biased. I would kind of I lean towards the Vikings just a little bit, but kind of like you said with last game, uh, Philip Rivers. You know, he's a good quarterback. We all know he is, and of course, you know, it gets down to that last second, and he's got to score, and he makes you know an inerrant throw. Uh, which I don't know if you watched that game at all. Uh, towards the end there, it looked like. They threw a pass to T.Y. Hilton on the sideline. It looked to me as if he caught it, and no reviewing it or anything. Of course, you know, they called it incomplete, which brought him into a third-down situation, missed that, and then, of course, you had to go for it on fourth, and, you know, he missed mm-hmm. the catch there. But, uh, yeah, I like the Colts uh, at minus three on this one for sure. I agree. I do too. Uh, you know, of course, you're going to get a little bit – a little bit more money on that one, taking the minus three instead of the money line here. So we'll see what happens on that one. So now in this next game, you got Rams Eagles, uh, another tight one, tight matchup here. Eagles are a favorite at minus one and a half, and uh, money line at minus one twenty-five right now, with the uh, Rams at plus one ten. So DB, I know we watched uh, the Rams game. Uh, last week, you know, like you said, they looked good against the Cowboys. Uh, how do you? How do you favor do you favor them going into this Eagles matchup? Yep. I know the Eagles are coming off this uh the Washington football team loss, uh, which was huge in my opinion. But uh what do you like in this game? This is my lock of the week with the Rams being an underdog oh, now. Oh, lock okay. of the week now. Because <laughs> the Let's Rams Rams at the beginning of the week were minus one, whatever. 
and you know, obviously, you know how sports book rolls, and you know, more money put on odds change or whatever. But I, I don't even know why the Rams are an underdog here. I mean, I really don't. It kind of surprises me. Um, granted, people keep talking about Lane Johnson coming back for the Eagles or whatever, but the football team absolutely wrecked their offensive line last week. I mean, it was bad. You know, we talked about the Bengals O line and Burrow getting knocked down. Uh, Carson Wentz was sacked eight times last week in Washington. Yeah, tough. And tough. That, that's tough, especially for a guy who's had, you know, ACL, back injuries, was even questionable week one, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, on the Rams defense, you get the best player pound for pound in football, I think, at Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know. And Jared Goff looked like a good quarterback the other day, you know. And their offensive line was just moving. I mean, moving the Cowboys' D-line. And D-line of Dallas is very talented. Running backs had wide holes, so I'm I'm pounding either one. You're just pick them. You got plus one and a half for money line, but I'd go money line at plus one ten. Put whatever you got oh, on. Yeah, there you go. I like it. I like it. So, uh, yeah, I agree with that for sure. You know, Rams look good against the Cowboys. Obviously, being at home, Eagles kind of struggled. Uh, and you know, with their offensive line weaknesses, there, uh, you know, you got Aaron Donald, right? On the mm-hmm. defensive line there at the Rams, and if you know if he's if he gets a good one on one matchup on with this Eagles offensive line, obviously we have seen him cause some trouble. And that's uh, the thing about Aaron Donald, man. Teams. He's he's a very diverse defensive lineman. He can play interior. Here he can uh, go out to the outside. You know he can match up with whoever he wants. Whoever he sees as a weakness, that's who he's going to go after. And he's quick enough to knock down any mobile quarterbacks, wrap up running backs in the backfield. He's just – he's one – I mean, he's once in a generational football player, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree with that for sure. Uh, so, the next game here, uh, looks like we have four more – yeah, four more one o'clock games here. The next one being the Panthers uh, against Tampa. Tampa Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Uh <laughs> Tampa Bay being minus eight and a half favorite and then being minus 345 on the money line, so heavy favorite there. Carolina coming in at plus 295 money line. We saw Tom kind of struggle against the Saints. Uh, In my opinion, I don't see him struggling two games in a row. Uh, I like Tampa Bay here at minus 8.5. What's your opinion? I think I'm going to roll with – maybe take an alternate point spread here with the Panthers, honestly. You know, maybe get a couple points around 10. Um, You know, Carolina, they – you know, we're still trying to figure out how the new coaching is going to go. You know, I think uh, I like Matt Rule. You know, we got Joe Brady there. Um, and Teddy Teddy Bridgewater has always been a winner no matter where he went. He looked good last week oh, against yeah. Las Vegas. Granted, they lost. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just not – I'm not really sold on Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, honestly, man. I just – you know, these guys, these wide receivers they have, you know, Godwin, Evans, they got the, all the talent in the world. They're used to the deep ball. And we all know that Tom Brady's persona is make the smart decision. You know, Tom Brady in the slants, you know, quick out routes, he's just accurate as hell. But, you know, last week Tampa's defense didn't look disciplined. Granted, Carolina doesn't really have that many weapons, though. You know, you got CMC and Teddy. That's about all you're looking at. DJ Moore, maybe. So if I could get an yeah. alternate point spread at good odds, I'd take it. But if we're looking at just minus eight and a half, plus eight and a half, I'm going Tampa Bay at minus eight and a half. Okay. Yeah, I like that for sure. I know uh, I have Godwin on my fantasy team, and I know he was in the concussion protocol. Don't know where he sits at right there. I know he didn't practice on, uh, I believe, Thursday. So I know they were kind of trying to 
monitor that a little bit. Took a big shot at the end of the game on that Saints game. Uh, so we'll kind of see where he's at. Losing him, of course, would be big. But he didn't really do too much in the last game. But, yeah, like like you said, you know, if you can get some sort of alternate point spread, I do kind of like Carolina there just, you know, just because of Teddy Bridgewater just being a winner. And, uh, you know, I'm a, definitely a pro, pro mm-hmm. Teddy kind of guy. Uh, so next game here, we got Falcons, Cowboys, Cowboys being a minus four favorite. Uh, and then they got minus 186 on the money line. Falcons coming in at plus 163. Uh, DB, did the Cowboys bounce back after that uh, week one loss? You would think so, man. Um, you know, looking at the Falcons last week, you know, their their persona in the past couple of years is where's the defense at? You know, Matt Ryan threw the ball upwards of 50 times. I think against Seattle threw for 450, and three different receivers had over 100 yards against Seattle's defense. And Seattle's always got a good defense. So, you know, that, that over-under I think is about right at 53-and-a-half because I think this is going to be a high-scoring football game. But you look at the Cowboys now, you know, you're down two linebackers. Um, defensive line didn't look too good. But, I mean, against this Atlanta offensive line, you know, who knows what they can do. But – I think I'll take Dallas here at minus four. You know, I think Dak and Zeke really bounce back. You know, still got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup on that on that uh, wide receiver core. Um, and it's just, it's just all about coaching right now, man, I think. You know, I think Mike McCarthy made a bad decision last week going for it instead of just kicking a field goal and tying the game up. Um, but, you know, Dallas is at home now, and uh, I, think they'll, I think they'll win by maybe touchdown or ten points, touchdown on field goal. Okay, okay. Yeah, I like it for sure. Uh, don't really know too much about the Falcons, honestly. Uh, watched the Cowboys game, and like like you said, you know, uh, kind of showed some sort of struggles there. But uh, they do have the offensive weapons for sure to uh, beat the Falcons, I feel like. So we'll see how that game plays out. Uh, the next one, you got Giants-Bears. Barn burner uh, here. Bears, yeah, Bears <laughs> coming in at minus five and a half point favorite minus 235 on the money line giants at plus 200 so db this is actually my uh this is my underdog of the week i'm gonna go giants at uh at plus five and a half i think that they might come out uh danny dimes might have the game of his career and i feel like they have the chance of taking down this uh this bears team i agree with you 100 percent. i was just getting ready to say this is my quote-unquote upset of the week because I think both teams are about on the same level. You know, last week the Giants play the Steelers of all people first week, you know, with a second-year quarterback, you know, kind of a new roster, pretty much a whole new coaching staff. I mean, these guys are loaded on the coaching staff. Um, but last week, you know, I thought Jason Garrett honestly called a good game. He knew that um, uh, Danny wasn't going to have enough time to step back and, you know, look for the deep ball. He got quick passes out. And Daniel Jones looked pretty good, man. You know, he had that one pick where – Bud Dupree, another Kentucky guy, um, got oh, in yeah. on him. But cats. I think I think this week he's going to have a lot more time with the Bears, you know. Um, granted, you know, you got Khalil Mack. But, you know, Khalil Mack's been quiet for a long time, man. I haven't heard a lot about him. Um, so, I think, I, think, I think the Giants get this one done, get Joe Judge's first win. Yeah, I, you know, I agree for sure. And, I mean, if you're looking to make a little bit more money, I'd almost throw some money on that plus 200 money line. Just, it would definitely uh, not hurt at all. Yeah, yeah. Just take the Giants overall. Uh, the Bears, you know, they played the Lions, uh, and I think last year the Lions led going into the fourth quarter, I believe, ten times, maybe ten or nine times, and they lost seven of those games in the fourth quarter. So it was just kind of like deja vu for this Lions team. 
uh, going into the fourth quarter with a lead, a pretty large lead too. And then they just made uh, Trubisky just look like a stud. Uh, <laughs> you know, just literally just went off on him. And, uh, you know, I just don't see uh, him redoing that. If they do happen to get down to the Giants, I don't think that they're going to come back from that. You know, obviously could be wrong there, but if you're looking to make a little bit more money, uh, I'd go definitely plus 200 on the Giants' money line. Mm-hmm. Uh, second – or next game here, we got Jags-Titans. Uh, Titans coming in at minus 7.5 favorites, and then minus 335 on the money line, so heavy favorites on the money line. Jags at plus 280. I think this is your setup game of the week. I think uh, this game could honestly go either way. You know, Jags aren't – I mean – on paper, a very good team, but you know now with all these reports coming out about the Titans, AJ or AJ Brown, excuse me, probably isn't playing. Corey Davis is dealing with some some type of leg injury, and on Wednesday, Variable said that the Titans couldn't have practiced any worse than they did. You know, and the Jags got a lot of momentum coming off last week. Um, you know, you got guys like Josh Allen. I mean, his his confidence is at the roof right now, apparently, because he said that they're going to shut down Derrick Henry next week. And we all know that. Wow. Nobody, nobody wow. has nobody has really shut down Derrick Henry. Um, but yeah, you know, exactly. Minshew, Minshew isn't a guy that's going to go out there and throw three fifty on the Titans, but he's going to go out there and make accurate passes and not throw very many incompletions or you know s- stupid passes. So you know, yeah. I don't know, man. I, 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 if I was a better, of course I am. Uh, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying away from this game, honestly. But yeah, if I had to make a guess, you know, I guess I would just. Maybe throw a little bit, something small, and just the under, maybe. You know, okay. I think the Titans. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Titans' defense is pretty stout. You know, Jags. Like I said before, Jags aren't putting up a lot of points if they're going to win a game. Um, yeah, I know. Over under right now sitting at forty four. So um, yeah, I like that for sure. I think it's a low scoring game. Uh, yeah, so I'd stay away from the spread money line for this game. I think it's just kind of a setup. You know, granted, Titans might go out there and beat them by twenty, but you just. I think this game's kind of just a setup to be honest. Yeah, I mean, looking at like looking from the outside of these two teams, uh, you basically have the Titans coming off last season with the big upset against the Ravens, and then you have mm-hmm. the Jags. Like you said, you know, like the roster is very depleted. They're getting rid of guys, uh, some of their best players that they have, and it's almost like teams that are playing, you know, with no expectations from anybody, uh, you know, show up and find a way to win. Uh, mm-hmm. They showed up to that Colts game, and everybody had the Colts. Everybody. Everybody that I talked to, you know, this Jags team's down. Colts are going to win. Easy win. One or no first week. And then the Jags, like I said, find the way to win. Uh, would not be surprised if they took the win here against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Titans bounce back and have a little stronger game. I know their first showing probably wasn't their best. Uh, but we'll kind of we'll kind of monitor that one. But like you said, kind of stay away from this one, uh, you know, Anybody that's out there that's like, oh, you know, I'll take Titans minus seven and a half. They'll they'll blow away this Jaguars team. And then Minshew shows up and he might throw for two or three touchdowns. And exactly. And the the point of this game is that half a point really could hurt you here. That's, you know, you're looking at a touchdown game. A touchdown game could be a whole lot worse than what the score says. You know, like Titans go out there and dominate, only win by a touchdown. So, like I said, this that half a point really does make you think. Yeah, I agree for sure. Uh, all right, so now we're in the 4 o'clock games. Uh, looks like there's three of them. Uh, the first one coming up is the uh, Washington football team 
versus the Arizona Cardinals. I like this game a lot. You got Cardinals at minus seven uh, uh-huh. favorites, and they're actually a heavy favorite on the money line, minus 305 with the uh, football team coming in at plus 260. Uh, so what do you think about this game? Rolling with the cards. Got to go okay. with the cards here. I okay. think I, I think they're, they're way more stronger football team than Philadelphia. Strong O-line. This weapons flying all over the offense. You know, fast running backs, fast quarterback, veteran wide receiver, arguably the best wide receiver in the league at DeAndre Hopkins. I've personally put him behind Julio. And then on defense, you got all kinds of young studs. Peterson, you got Isaiah Simmons. And I just, you know, it's at home. And football team, the football team, whatever that is, you know. Uh, I just, I think last week, I mean, it was a good win for him. You know, they got a great coach. I think he will, you know, get them a quarterback. You know, I just don't think Dwayne Haskins is the answer up there. They're just, their defense is fine. They just got need, need, going to need a couple more weapons on offense. But I'm rolling with the Cardinals minus seven. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, like you said, I wouldn't be shocked if this Cardinals team got into the playoffs uh, with Kyler Murray. But it's kind of one of those things, too, uh, kind of going off what I was saying about the Jaguars. Uh, the mm-hmm. football team coming in, you know, no really big expectations at all. Obviously, some trouble on the inside uh, with this uh, organization. So, who knows if uh, old Dewey Haskins can uh, pull off another <laughs> another win. So, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll kind of monitor both of those games, Jags-Titans, uh, Washington-Arizona. Going over the next one, you got uh, the defending Super Bowl champions in the Chiefs versus the LA Chargers. Chiefs coming in at minus eight and a half point favorite, uh, minus three seventy five on the money line. Looks like the Chargers are a heavy underdog at plus three ten. Uh, what do you like in this game? Chiefs about at least two or three touchdowns. I just uh, the Chargers even last week to play in Cincinnati. Cincinnati arguably you know bottom three football team in the league, and they just Tyrod Taylor is definitely not the answer. Um, strong defense, though. I mean, they get a strong defense, uh, you know, a good running game. But with the Chiefs, you're playing a much, much more sound football team. You know, you get the best quarterback, arguably, again, and Patrick Mahomes. And then talk about weapons. I mean, their weapons are just ridiculous on offense. You know, good coach. I, I just see this as a not very fun game for L.A., to be honest. I think the Chiefs by quite a few. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, over under 47 and a half right now. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of things. Uh, people think that the Chiefs might accomplish the over just by themselves in this. Game. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Chargers are going to score more than 10 points in this game. So if you're looking at the over on that one, you better just hope that they come out, you know, on all cylinders, maybe a few deep routes to Tyree kill uh, mm-hmm. a few big runs, but I don't know about this over under. Uh, like yeah, it's said, kind of a mid baller, you know. It just it, yeah, you know, exactly. Do, do, exactly. do the Chiefs come out solid first half, or do they come out kind of quiet and you know go in the half like fourteen zero or something like that, or do they come out and go into the locker room twenty eight seven? Yeah, exactly. You know, it might it could be a high scoring game, but like I said, you know, with the Chargers, who knows what kind of points they're going to put up. Uh, Sliding over to this next game, we got Ravens-Texans. Ravens coming in at minus seven-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, minus 335 heavily on the money line, and then Texans at plus 280. So we've seen the Texans against the Chiefs uh, week one, Thursday night against the Chiefs. Uh, I actually like the Texans in that game against the Chiefs for some reason. I don't know why. I guess uh, because they kind of had the Chiefs number last season and then, of course, you know, failed to – uh, continued to run the ball and kind of got a little greedy and obviously lost that game. 
But uh, Ravens, man, this Ravens team is pretty good. Uh, what do you think about this game? Uh, this may have some bias in it too, but, you know, I'm just – me being a Bengals fan, I'm not very, very high on the Ravens. I, just, I don't know why I just don't like them. I just – they just made this bit of Cincinnati blood running, but it's gotta I, I mean, be. It's gotta I, be. Everybody I, else loves the Ravens. Yeah, man. I think I think the Ravens got it at seven and a half. But you know, just like I said before, I don't see I, the Ravens just dominating this division like everybody says they will. You know, I think they're going to struggle with the Steelers. You know, if if the Browns can find some way to click, you know, man, the Browns got just as good a roster as anybody in the league. You know, talent wise. They just have to find that discipline and that coach that's going to set them straight, you know. And maybe maybe a couple wins here gets them rolling. I don't know, but I think uh, I think you got the Ravens here at seven and a half, pretty easy. You know that Houston, Houston's not very well coached. I think Bill O'Brien needs to find his way out sometime, man. He's he's raining everybody out. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I, mean, I think Baltimore, Hopkins, man. This I think that was the a terrible move by them. You know, he's, he's your best receiver, and. Uh, they basically gave him away for nothing, it seemed like. And then, you yep. know, losing the game to the Chiefs and then Hopkins literally just going off uh, for the Cardinals, you know, just kind of kind of stings a little bit more for Texans fans. Uh, so now you got the Sunday night game. Uh, you got Cam Newton and the Patriots versus Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Seahawks coming in at minus four-point favorites. Uh, Seahawks money line is 190 Patriots at plus 165 uh, watching Cam in that first game uh, he looked very similar to the old Cam Newton that we almost saw in Auburn just kind of a ground and pound had 15 carries on the day I think that was the most carries on the team so will we see Cam Newton run the ball as much against the Seahawks defense I don't think you'll see it as much against Seattle as you did um, Miami. Of course, Seattle's a very different breed on on defense. They got great linebackers, you know. I mean, I think alone Bobby Wagner could run spies on Cam Newton and do just fine. Oh, yeah. Granted, I, th- I think Cam Newton, you know, if there was a if there was a prop bet for Newton to run, you know, over, say, probably 40 and a half, something like that, I'd take the over. You know, he's going to scramble. You know, not yeah. there, won't be, there won't be as many design runs unless Cam Newton's on the goal line. But – Cam, even in his – I mean, I, I, he's still in his prime, I guess you could say, but, like, when he was in his prime at Carolina, he made so many more plays with his feet, you know, that oh, you know, yeah, a lot of guys exactly. in the league can't make. So, I think most of his yardages are going to come just off of, like, you know, roll out, quick scrambles, six, seven yards. But um, overall in this game, I got to like Seattle at minus four. Um, New England's still New England. They're still going to be New England as long as you got Captain Bill at head coach. No matter who you put yeah. back there, they're going to have a good team. But, you know, Seattle in Seattle is um, – that's a hard game for anybody to go into. Um, I like the spread, though, at plus four, minus four. I think it will be a close game. But if I see anybody win this game, it's going to be by more than four points. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, man, this never fails, it seems like. Uh, and I feel like he has a strong outing against this Patriots team. Uh, so yeah, I do. I do like the Seahawks at minus four here. I think Cam Newton still has a fairly good game, but just uh, I just think the Seahawks kind of get the better of this Patriots team yep. uh, this time around. So now moving on to the Monday night game. So we got uh, the Saints, the hot Saints coming in against the Raiders. So Saints at minus five and a half point favorite, uh, minus two thirty on the money line. Raiders coming in at plus one ninety five right now. Uh, on the money line, DB, what do you like in this one? 
I'm going to take a long shot here with the Raiders. Honestly, man, uh, I don't. I don't oh, think. Okay. I don't, I don't think Drew Brees looked very good last week, man. He's. He's. I think he. He really is starting to look old. And we got to remember here: no Mike Thomas Monday night. No Mike Thomas is huge for the Saints. Dang, and, uh, that is true. That is Raiders, true. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. The Raiders. Um, you know they they've just been a team that's always like seven and nine, eight and eight. Almost made the playoffs last year. They almost had one of the craziest entries of the playoffs I've ever seen with all the things that had to happen. Um, got, a, got a good coach, you know, I think. Um, Derek Carr, decent, solid quarterback. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a stud. And, yeah, Henry Ruggs. You know, they got the weapons. It's just can they put them all together and become, you know, 9-7, 10-7, or 10-6 ball team. But playing at home, you know, I think I think they I think they maybe not win this game, but I think they cover for sure. I like it. I like the Raiders in that for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. You know, plus five and a, five and a half. Uh, could see the Raiders winning by a touchdown. Maybe the Saints struggle this week uh, without Thomas in there. Uh, so we'll kind of take we'll kind of watch that game pretty closely as well. Obviously, being the Monday night game, we'll both be watching that one. Uh, so DB, I guess I'll throw it to you on the. Uh, what do you like? If you had to pick three teams for a parlay here, uh, three bets for a kind of like a lock parlay, who would you go with? If I'm going with a lock parlay here, I'm going. You got to put the Rams in there, man. I go Rams money line, pound the Rams money line. Um, I like the Cardinals spread, and I'm going to have to go probably with um, the Bills Bills spread. Bills Rams Cardinals lock it in. Bills Ram- Bills Rams Cardinals, and you said. Cardinals point spread, yeah. Bills money, yeah. Bills money line, and Rams money line. I go Bills spread and Rams money. Bills line. spread, okay, okay. That'll yeah. boost your odds the most there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that. Uh, Bills at minus five and a half, minus one ten on that point spread. No, yeah, I like those three picks for sure. Uh, like I said before, you know, uh, my sleeper pick would definitely be the Giants. I'd throw money on that on the money line at plus two hundred. Maybe mm-hmm. uh maybe catch one there. Might throw a couple bucks on that one. We'll see what happens. But no, uh yeah, we'll definitely we'll keep track on that parlay D B and kind of see uh how the record goes as uh as time goes on. All right. So uh we'll slide over uh and talk a little bit about college football. You wanna talk about a little bit more about that or do you wanna go and talk MLB first and save college football for last? Yeah, I say we hit MLB real quick. Just you know, real quick, what's going on? You know how the playoffs are starting to shape up. Some of these guys are starting to clinch their spots in the playoffs, and we'll save the best for last in college football for sure. Okay, and so uh, going into it, just to let everybody know, uh, I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. I believe DB is the St. Louis Cardinals fan. So we got yep. two teams in the Central that you know we heavily favor, uh, and it looks like these two teams are actually in a uh, boxing match for second in they the Central. Are. Uh, just kind of looking at Fangrass right now, uh, the Central's probably the closest uh, percentage-wise. You got uh, the Cubs, 100% chance to make the playoffs. Cardinals right now uh, have a little less than 70% chance of making it. Reds are flirting around that, uh, you know, high 50%, low 60%. Brewers still trying to make a climb at it, too. They're about 50%. And then, of course, the the god-awful Pirates, they have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. They are pretty much just playing <laughs> for that uh, that first-round that first round pick. So, uh, kind of looking at the playoffs here, uh, obviously the Dodgers are very strong. The Padres are very strong. Um, 
that's basically kind of a fight on, especially on the NL side is, you know, who's going to play, who's going to be the first team to play this Padres or Dodgers team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, uh, kind of what, what are you seeing right now uh, in the MLB? Uh, some upset teams. I mean, the, the freaking Marlins are 26 and 24 and going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It looks like yeah, the Miami Marlins, you know, yeah, right and, now, you know, 72, now to, 72% to make the playoffs in mm-hmm. that, uh, in that division. And you know, right now we're starting to see a lot of these like uh, these teams over the past years who have just dominated, starting to start to slip off a little bit. You know, the Red Sox extremely, extremely down this year. Um, Houston struggling after what happened last year for sure. Um, yeah, thank the thank Nats, God, I wanted them to oh, play no, bad this year so bad. Bunch the of Nats, cheaters. Nats struggled in this little you know season. Uh, Milwaukee struggled, um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm actually excited to watch them on the playoffs this year. You know, you got. And the AL especially, man, the, you know, the leaders are Tampa Bay, Oakland, and the White Sox. Yeah. I, I mean, I literally White Sox were one of the teams that going into it, I knew the Reds had to play AL, AL Central teams with the 60-game season. And I was like, all right, you know, White Sox uh, should have no trouble with them. And really the only team in that Central that I was pretty much, like, not as confident about was the Twins. I think they had over 100 wins last season. I don't know if it was like 101 or 102, something like that. But you had this White Sox team, man. I know uh, they lost to the Reds last night, which that was, you know, I wouldn't really call it like a fluke. Just the Reds are kind of heating up six in a row right now. But yeah, uh, yeah that White Sox team, man. Uh, just looking at their at their lineup, uh, you know, they have so many guys hitting above three hundred. And I mean, they got uh, a, they got a, they got a young roster too, man. They got yeah. you know Tim Anderson, uh, Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu is their vet now, and he's you know big. Big slinger down there at first base. And then uh, they're pitching even, you know, Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel's a good vet. Giolito's good. You know, and they got some young guys, Dane Dunning, Dylan Cease. I think I think they're um, – they might they might surprise some people here in the playoffs. You know, they're still young, you know. I'm sure people in the AL are probably favoring more towards the Rays right now. Um, another team that kind of surprised me the past couple weeks was the Yankees. They You know, they struggled a little bit, but they seem, they seem to have found their stride a little bit here. Um this, it's teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox that I never like come playoff time because when it comes to playoff time, pitching is so pivotal. And I think the Nationals sh- shown that in their little run. Um, and I just don't think the Yankees have the um, pitching depth to just take them. They obviously have the offensive talent. But um, right. if I had to pick anybody coming out of the AL, I mean, I think may, this may be Oakland's year. You know, they're all the, you know, recently, past couple of years, they've been making the playoffs and upsetting some people. But um, you know, not the most talented team, but they just play baseball the right way. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pulling for Oakland here in yeah, the AL. Yeah. I like it. So. I like uh, Oakland a lot in the AL. Oakland and the White Sox uh, would probably be like my two picks mm-hmm. uh, to play in that uh, you know ALCS series. And then uh, who do you like on the NL side? Obviously, you know, I said that you're a big Cardinals fan. Um, yeah, they kind of have. Uh, have still not really a long season the rest of the way, but uh, you know they have to they have to make up a lot of games. Do you think that's going to affect them, uh, just kind of stamina wise? Are they going to be wore out come playoff time? Uh, will they be able to finish I think up so. the season strong? I think it's going to be a struggle towards the end now because um, big question going into the season was where's the pitching going to come from? You know, um, Michael Walker going to the Mets uh, lost Dakota Hudson yesterday for the season. You know, young 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 pitcher. Um, we haven't found that rotation, you know. Of course, when we got put out for uh, coronavirus, we had to start doing a lot of these seven-game uh, uh, doubleheaders. 
or seven right. inning doubleheaders. And, right, uh, right. you know, with that, we don't really have a starting pitcher. It's more of you pitch two innings, you pitch three, you pitch two, whatever. Um, but, you know, the best pitcher arguably has been Adam Wainwright. And who would have thought oh, that? Yeah. You know, guy, yeah. guy's old. old you know, Adam Wainwright, old man Adam Wainwright, he has definitely been a stud this year, man. He's got he – he's got a ton of movement on his breaking ball. Um, I guess doesn't he throws he throws basically like curve change up fastball. Yep. Is that his yep. main three pitches? Yeah, yeah he's, he's really just got three pitches, man. And you know, like you said, losing Hudson is kind of a big, big blow because getting into those the wild card spot, I'm pretty sure the wild card playoffs are a three game series this year. Um uh, mm-hmm. and you know, that Hudson, Wainwright, and then uh who would be the third? Yeah, Flaherty. Flaherty's yeah. probably the ace, but I mean, yeah. as far yeah. as overall performance, I think Wainwright's been the go-to guy. If we had a game seven, I'd probably give the ball to Wainwright. You know, and the, if we were in the World Series, I'd give it to Wainwright. Yeah, I like it for sure. And of course, kind of speaking on the red side, uh, you got three guys that could pitch great games too. You got Trevor Bauer, who is looking to uh, you know win the Cy Young this year. I know he's up against you, uh, Darvish. It looks like him and you are gonna. <laughs> kind of uh, battle it out. For what a Cy surprise you Darvis has been, yeah, man. Huge. I know, man. He's been – just uh, watching him when the Reds have played him, you know, he's got some nasty stuff. Uh, a lot mean, of movement on, like, his yeah. two seam. Um, you know, just looking like – looking like the U Darvis, I think everybody expected to see his first year in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's definitely grown to be a stud pitcher. Uh, kind of going back on it, you got – Sonny Gray currently on the aisle. They're hoping to actually get him back maybe in this next series against the Brewers. And then, of course, you have Luis Castillo, who's kind of found his stride uh, these past two outings that he's had. So, Cardinals, you know, I like uh, I like the Cardinals rotation. Losing Hudson's kind of big. Uh, Reds in a three-game series are going to be pretty strong, too, because this year uh, coming out of the wild card, the top seed actually gets to pick which team they want to play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's all going to come down to there. They're going to kind of look at – each team's pitching rotations. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that these top teams probably wouldn't choose the Reds just because of those three guys yep. uh, in the rotation. Um, you know, they might choose somebody else kind of like, I guess, you know, you could you could go with the Marlins. I don't really know what their pitching rotation looks like uh, right now. I don't know anything about uh, their – I don't know anything about their whole team, to be honest. We're going to be honest with you. Yeah. They're a bunch of young, yeah. young prospects, man. That's all they're rolling with. Yeah, exactly. So, uh We'll kind of see how that plays out, kind of keep updated on that. I know I'd say by the next time we make another episode, the season will be, you know, winding down, and we'll kind of have some sort of idea of who's going to be in, who's going to be out. But definitely kind of focus in on that central, uh, the NL Central division. I know it's going to probably come down to the last maybe two or three games. Definitely two big games uh, tonight for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. Got Bauer pitching tonight against Keuchel. That's 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 yeah, that should be that's a, that's be a, a fun game, and then uh, you know the Cardinals still got two games against the Pirates, and if anything, they they have to win these next two games because then they play five against the Brewers, and um, I just think as the Cardinals, you gotta you gotta have these next two games for sure, and you know as with the Reds playing the White Sox, you know White Sox being a favorite in most of those games, you gotta you know just assume to think that the car or the Reds will drop at least one of them, you know you get these two, yeah. you get a one game lead, you know going into the Brewers series. Um, it's just all going to be about the pitching tonight. You know, Kwong Kim's on the mound for um, St. Louis. He's pitched good so far, but you know, you just can't you can't lose to the Pirates, man. This late in the season, looking for a playoff spot, you can't drop to the Pirates, man. Yeah, exactly. I know that uh, that first game in the series against the Pirates was almost a shock to me. 
uh, them dropping that one. But then, of course, mm-hmm. they come back really strong yesterday and that doubleheader winning both of those games. But yep. uh, right now, you know, speaking of Keiko and Bauer pitching tonight, uh, that over-under is right at eight. And I would almost hammer the under. Yep, I feel uh, that. Both pitchers, you know, both pitchers are really good. Uh, Keiko, I think, comes in with like a little less than like a two point two ERA. Bauer, mm-hmm. of course, you know, having his best, one of his best years. Uh, but yeah, under eight runs on that one is minus one oh seven. So if you're looking to kind of go with some MLB bets, uh, I like the, I like the under on that game. You know, I think it's going to be maybe even a one one two run total game. Uh, but we'll see kind of how that plays out as well. So I guess the next section we can go over is uh, college football. Uh, yeah. DB, I know uh, yourself uh, is a huge college football fan. I am as well. You know, we're big UK football fans for anybody listening. So we are going to talk a lot about the SEC uh, and UK football. So if you're interested in that, you know, obviously uh, this is the podcast for you. So, DB, uh, what do you see in week four? I know the Cats play Auburn, uh, UK being currently ranked at 23. I guess they're they're 23 in there, and that's without the Big Ten. Big Ten yeah, team. Yeah, is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah. That kind of yeah because okay. Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette's ranked right now, and they're actually they're actually getting beat by two touchdowns right now at Georgia State. I was just oh, looking at okay. – I'm, I'm keeping up with these live odds right now, and uh, I placed a small wager on Syracuse plus 21 at Pittsburgh. You know, I just – I love some of these ACC matchups. You know, I had Syracuse plus 21. They're up three, about to go into half. Um, hammered Tulane against Navy. Navy is awful, man. They're, they're not a good team anymore. I don't know why they keep getting these good odds. They're down 17 nothing. Western Kentucky down 17-3 to at, at home against Liberty. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, anyways. Moving on, are man. definitely not on top right now. No, not at all. You know, this, this week of college football, we're not talking about this week of college football that much because there's just – you know, just not a lot of good games going on. You know, the best game, I mean, of the week might be Miami-Louisville. And oh, yeah. I, I think that'll be a good game. I think it will, too. A, right now, the spread, it looks like Louisville, like, just going by ESPN, not even by DraftKings, it, they have Louisville at minus one. Mm-hmm. It was. It was Louisville minus two and a half, and now they've actually, on DraftKings, moved to an underdog at plus one. And I like that. I like Miami being a favorite in that game. Um, yeah. But, anyways, uh, the big week next week. SEC's back. It's what everybody's looking for, and uh, it is the best division or best conference in football. There's no question about it. Um, oh yeah, amen. There's, I mean, there's just you can't debate it. It's, it's just we're, we're going to go through all these games just because we have to. Um, but like Daniel said, uh, you know, being Kentucky fans, kind of upset Kentucky and Auburn didn't draw that CBS slot. I think it's going to be one heck of a game. You know, we've got LSU and Mississippi State in the CBS slot. I don't think that's going to be much of a much of a game there, but you know you got defending champs. You know, got to probably got to put them on TV. Yeah, got to throw them on there. Um, no over under right now. It's a little early in the week. Um, Kentucky's plus seven money line, plus two thirty five. Auburn minus two ninety five. So Auburn kind of starting to lean more toward a heavy favorite, but this is not biased. I promise it's not. I like <laughs> I like Kentucky plus seven and Auburn. You know, Auburn played the game just like this last year against Tennessee and took the L. Um, I think Kentucky has a better football team. This might be one of the better football teams we've had as far as returning talent. You know, obviously everybody's going to talk about the 10-3 and three team with Benny Snell and uh, Josh Allen, but this team's got a lot of experience coming back, you know. And the big question is, you know, what's Terry Wilson going to do? Is, yeah, what's uh, he going to look like? What's he going to look like? Is he, uh, has he worked on that accuracy? You know, he's got the deep ball. And the thing about Terry Wilson, no matter what happens, play breaks down, he's going to make a play with his feet. But I think yeah. it's time for Kentucky to find that quarterback 
who can throw for 250 to 300 yards a game. You know, that's going to make them so much more diverse because, you know, the running game's there. No question oh, yeah. about the running game. We're looking strong in the running game still. Three stud running backs come back. And then you got arguably the best offensive line in the SEC. Many power rankings have come out and said that. You know, they got Drake Jackson back. You know, it's all there. Landon Young, very, very strong offensive line. So am I worried about the pass protection for Terry Wilson? No, I'm worried about the playmaking decision by Terry Wilson. You know, and Gatewood still hasn't got that. Still hasn't got that waiver, you know, and if, you know, if something happened to Wilson, that's always going to be a reliable backup, but we got to get there. So, Daniel, what what do you think about this Kentucky-Auburn game? Man, uh, you know, we've always been pretty much parallel in our thoughts on Kentucky football uh, every year. Uh, Just got a lot of hype on them. Uh, Well, actually, I almost take that back. We're very parallel in our thoughts, but Kentucky football does not get the credit that I believe that it should get. Uh, You know, they've, they've, Overcome adver- adversity for sure. Uh, of course, you know, Lynn Bowden coming in, uh, wide receiver at QB, and winning the games that he did win uh, is super impressive. Just uh, kind of outside looking in, not even being a Kentucky fan, you just have to appreciate, you know, how impressive it was for him to uh, play as well as he did and losing Terry Wilson early. Uh, in my opinion, if we, did, if we don't lose Terry Wilson, I think uh, we do even better than what we did last season. Uh, but no, yeah, I like I, I do like Kentucky here on the points, uh, just because their run game's strong. They're bringing back a lot of their offensive line, like you said, with the rankings, uh, having one of the top offensive lines, if not the top o- offensive line in the SEC. Uh, you know, I do like Kentucky in the points here. Uh, we'll see how good Auburn looks, but yeah, definitely got kind of jobbed with this uh noon game on SEC Network. You would think, uh, man, uh, especially with the rankings now. Uh, Kentucky's at 23, Auburn's in the top 10. Uh, and then you're going to throw – I mean, like you said, LSU, yeah, they won it all. But LSU, Mississippi State, I don't know. Uh, what's the spread on I mean, that? You know, right look, I, mean, look, I mean, LSU money line is minus uh, 1,115. Yeah, like that's not going to be a fun game to watch. Granted, you got Mike Leach down there at Hale State now, but I mean – That is true. It's not you – know, He still, might make some – some yeah. comments or something yeah, that might bring attention to the game. I don't like. I didn't like the decision, but anyways, we'll we'll see what the cats got next weekend. Uh, let's move on to the the Florida Ole Miss game. Got the Lane train back in the SEC. Love it. Oh yeah, love it. Choo choo. Uh, Ole Miss plus 20, 12 and a half at home. Uh, money line plus three ninety. Florida plus five thirty. Uh, you pretty much got your favorites here in the East with Florida. I would assume by most hurts, but I still think it's a four-dog race, Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee, Kentucky, right with each other. Um, I'm never sold on Florida. I feel like every year it's kind of up. Um, and they always find a way to lose those one or two games. Just don't look good. You know, that one year, you know, they're, they're ranked 25th, a little different, but, you know, Kentucky goes down there and beats them. Um, but I like Georgia better than Florida overall in the SEC okay. East. Um, but now there's even que- there's even question now about Georgia's quarterback situation. You know, Newman left. They said JT Daniels, and now they're saying no, no JT Daniels. He's not gonna he's not gonna be the starter. So what's going on in Georgia? You know, I don't know. Florida not sold on Kyle Trask. I think he had a kind of a adrenaline year last year. You know, he looked good. He is a pretty good quarterback, but I don't think he's gonna put up the same numbers. Could be completely wrong in that take. Might be a bad take. I don't yeah. know. Let the, I just yeah, don't let think the Florida just dominates the East. situations in Georgia and Florida. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like you said, with Newman out, I mean, you know, we'll just see what this Georgia football team is made of. Uh, they're usually always some sort of, you know, contender for winning the East, obviously. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's almost kind of yeah. one of those granted things right now, you know, all, you know, Georgia, they'll win the East every year. And then it's just kind of a battle between Alabama and LSU in the West. Yeah. But uh, overall, I'd probably just take Florida 12 and a half here. You know, I think it's going to take Kiffin a couple of years, get Ole Miss back to where they were. Um, he might keep it close. Who knows? He has plenty of experience in the SEC. He knows how to run a Saturday SEC football game. Um, obviously a great players coach, good guy. Um, we, don't, uh, we don't know, though. So maybe Ole Miss comes back in a couple of years, but I'll take Florida yeah, like, 12 and a half. Yeah, I like Florida at 12 and a half there for sure. Uh, like you said, I think the Kyle Trask thing was very adrenaline-oriented. Uh, uh, I think he's – I mean, I think he has capabilities of being a quarter, good quarterback, but like you said, you know, uh, last season he comes in and just, like, looks awesome, of course, against against the Cats. So, that was mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where it was like, oh, great, here we go again, backed-up quarterback comes in, and we make him look like a Heisman candidate. Yeah. So, hopefully we won't have any of that this year for UK, but we'll see. So, well, I guess we'll just move on to the next game. Which What's the next SEC game you got? Mississippi State, LSU. Mississippi State plus 16 and a half, LSU minus oh, 16 and a half. Um, yeah, here, here we go. Um, a lot of, I mean, you know, as a, as a better, you know, you might look at this game and be like, oh, LSU, yep, book that, they're winning by 30. But, you know, there's a lot of questions still surrounding LSU. Obviously, they're going to recruit the town every year, but the amount of people they lost yeah. – on both exactly. sides of the ball. There's a lot of questions. You haven't seen a lot of these guys play. You know, you got Miles Brennan at quarterback. You know, he's got a good arm. Um, you lose your running back. You lose a couple wide receivers. You lose your tight end, you know, D tackles, linebackers, whatever. Um, this game, honestly, I mean, you get, you know, Mississippi State still got Colin Hill, you know, good running back. They got a good dual threat quarterback. Um, 16 and a half is a big number, honestly, I think, in this game. Um, I think – you know, if you wanted to take an underdog for next week in the SEC, I would take Mississippi State plus sixteen. Yeah, I, and a half. I agree for sure. Um, with all the questions, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, a, I w- you know, I wouldn't say yes, put your money on it, but with all the questions around LSU, you know, and you know, uh, Orgeron came out last week and said, yes, we do have players, some players with coronavirus, blah blah blah. He said but, our whole um, team has coronavirus. You know, he said our whole team has had it at one point. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. I mean, granted, I don't think that's going to, like, affect their play, you know, if they did have it and they come back or whatever, you know, because obviously, you know, I mean, we won't get into the politics part of it. But um, I, I I think if you wanted to take an underdog this week, I'd take Mississippi State plus 16 and a half. You know, Mississippi State, I mean, has the weapons. You know, they got a, they got a coach, though, that's going to come in there and not be afraid to throw the ball. I'll tell you that right, right now. He's going to he's gonna throw, he's going to throw, he's going to throw, he's going to throw. The West Coast. He's a great West, offensive Washington. coach. So, Leach was at Washington, right? Wazoo. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. yeah, don't be surprised if Mississippi State can kind of uh, hold in there for a little bit. Uh, might take LSU a little bit of time to kind of get rolling there. But, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely uh, I definitely lean more Mississippi State on that uh, point spread. Yeah. And then uh, 3 o'clock we got Georgia at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, man, you know, they got a new coach in there, but uh... – you know, Arkansas, man, last year really, really struggled. You know, they got got a good got a good running back. You know, he's uh, he, he arguably could be one of the best running backs in the SEC. That uh, Rakeem Boyd, hey, uh, big last chance, chance you shout guy. out. Uh, you haven't watched it yet. Yeah. The new one's pretty but good too. If there was, I haven't seen it at all. Um, if there's any chance of a cover in this game at twenty four and a half, for Arkansas. It's gonna have to be Georgia putting in a third string in the third quarter, and Arkansas just getting yeah. some junk. To, yeah, their touchdowns. 
this is this is one of those big numbers. You know, one of my main uh, theories in sports betting is, you know, take the heavy underdog first couple of weeks. You know, first couple of weeks it's going to be hard teams to get back in the flow or whatever. But Georgia's winning this game. Yeah, Bobby, I agree. I and think. like you said, that's a that's a really good point there. With all like with any sort of college football betters out there, these first couple of weeks, you know, you got big spreads of you know off the charts. You're just like, oh, these guys are just going to come out firing, but. With, you know, COVID-19 and having, you know, less practices and uh, less time to prepare, things like that, you know, you can't expect these teams to come out and just completely dominate. Uh, you know, a lot of over-unders are huge for the, these big teams, and I think a lot of those unders have been hitting recently uh, with these with the first week at least. I know I was looking at a few and thinking, oh, yeah, that team's definitely going to, uh, you know, destroy whoever they're playing. They might be playing some, like, crazy team that's not even in a power five conference uh like you know one game to kind of look at today would be you have clemson against uh it looks like i think they play like the citadel yeah citadel so like citadel. you would think yeah. oh just hammer them like hammer clemson but like don't be surprised you know if they don't score as many points as they need to so that's that's what i was saying like last week you know i had i had wake forest at home against clemson plus 33 and, you know, Clemson gets up, you know, kind of big, and then they pull those quarterbacks, and Wake Forest gets a couple of touchdowns and a field goal, and yeah, there you go. There's a cover for you. Yeah, a little backdoor back cover. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> next game you got, I guess you're going to go Alabama-Missouri. Is that your next Oh, one? yeah. This yeah. might be bad, too. Yeah. Alabama. Six o'clock, Alabama-Missouri at Missouri. Um, Missouri, another team that just kind of seems to sit around that 500 mark every year. Um can't ever doubt Alabama, but once again, this is this is one of those games, like I would say, like the Jacksonville and the Tennessee game, I wouldn't put any money on it. It's just not going to be worth it, I don't think. Um, 28 and a half, you know, you're looking at a 29-point win for Alabama. Very doable. It might be. It might be one of the games that went 60 to nothing. But first game of the year, coronavirus season. You know, Missouri is not nearly as bad as Arkansas. Right. I just – I wouldn't put any money. I mean, Alabama's going to win, but I wouldn't put any money on it, you know, to stay away from it. There's better games exactly. to bet on. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, you know, and that kind of goes. The next game uh, is another – well, yeah, the next game, Vanderbilt A&M, that's another big point spread it looks like. Oh, yeah, Vandy. Vandy at 29 and a half. I, this, if I was going to bet on a, a favorite that's over 28 points, I would bet Texas A&M over Vandy. Vandy might be the worst football team in yeah, the Power Five. I think bad, they are. Man. I mean, they they have they have no funding for that program. I mean, they're the only team in the SEC that's not allowing fans because they know that the only fans that would come are the yeah, opposite team. Exactly. Very true. I mean, it's it's it, it's bad. I mean, they would almost lose money if they had to open up concession stands and everything and yeah, allow fans in. It's that bad at Vandy, man. I don't. I don't you know, the only reason I honestly think the only reason they stay in the SEC is because the SEC doesn't want to let that academic value exactly. go away. Very true. Very true. And I know. And it's crazy because I know so many UK fans that, like, they just know that that Vandy win is going to be a win, that they always, if it's at Vandy, they are not – they just sort of like, oh, yeah, let's just travel. Let's just go to Nashville, have a good day. Uh, and the majority of the fans at that game, like you said, are the other teams. So, uh, hell yeah. Yeah, I do yeah. like – I like A&M. But once again, another game sure. I – I do. Yeah, I do too. Um not going to be a fun one to watch, though, so I wouldn't suggest tuning yeah. into that. Uh, I mean, the best games of the week are the 
you know, your favorite team here yeah. in Kentucky and then your rival down exactly. south. So Tennessee, South Carolina, 630 at South Carolina. Tennessee's a three-point favorite right now, money line minus 155. Um, things going to be a good game, but, you know, I think uh, I think Tennessee's a, a good one at minus yeah. three here. Um, Tennessee's going to have a good football team this year, no matter how biased the opinion is for me. Um, I res- honestly respect Tennessee football. I think they uh, have a good coach now. Um, definitely got the talent. Pruitt's doing a heck of a job recruiting. You know, him and Stoops are him and Stoops are really making their their footprint in the SEC as far as recruiting and you know making sure their teams are still respected. You know, Tennessee obviously has that history. Kentucky's got to find a way to build right. that history. But um, I think Pruitt's really bringing it back, and I think uh, I think he goes to South Carolina and wins by say seven or ten. Yeah. Uh, so last year, kind of looking back at the schedule, they played South Carolina uh, at home. Uh, 141-21. So, beat him by 20 points uh-huh. there. Uh, so, I guess they still have Garantano at quarterback this year. Is that true? Yeah. Um, there's, still question, there's still questions at quarterback. But, uh, I mean, right now it looks like Garantano is going to be your week one okay. starter. Um, of course, we all know how Garantano is. Um, just kind of a big question mark all over him, to be honest. His arm, his decision-making um, – He's obviously got the talent. It's just how they're right. going to get it out of him. So, but either way, I think I think Tennessee wins this game. Not big, but you know, by good, good, yeah, good, comfortable sure. margin. Uh, so yeah, that that pretty much breaks it down for the SEC games. It looks like uh, kind of checking up the leaderboard on this U.S. Open. It looks like some of these guys are starting to tee off. Uh, DJ, uh, of course, during the podcast, I was watching it as well. Uh, DJ actually hit. Uh, the opposite fairway, like so, he hit the fairway parallel to the hole that he was playing, uh, on the first and the second hole. So, uh, pretty crazy. It looks like DJ might be spraying the ball around a little bit today. So, uh, we'll kind of see, we'll kind of see how he uh, kind of takes control and see if he can kind of shoot a few couple under today. Maybe Rom's looking like he just started on the first. Uh, a lot of these guys, it looks like, uh, Basically, if you can put the ball close on your approach, like not even your approach shot, just your third shot going into these par fours, uh, you know, guys are not hitting greens. So it's going to come down to uh, the long hitters. Like I think DeChambeau, you know, being the longest guy on tour, uh, he might might shock some people. Yeah, I'm not seeing any underscores right now except for uh, yeah. just Luke Griffin. Um. Yeah, that's it right now. I mean, uh, Simpson's even, Hovland's even, Finau even. I mean, some of them guys are doing. I mean, I guess, I guess McElroy's putting together best day. I mean, as of yeah. right now, even through five. That's saying a lot. So, uh, well, Paul Casey's even through fifteen. But... We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Hey, got our first uh, sports championship getting ready to start. I know. Stars that's and big. lightning, that's baby. Big, uh... There was actually a pro swap bet that myself and DB had talked about. So pro swap, basically, they show different uh, parlay parlay tickets or just betting tickets in general. And uh, this one's actually out now because the Rockets lost. But the guy had uh, he had Dallas winning it all in this huge parlay. So if Dallas wins, that uh, that losing ticket's going to sting a little bit more. Oh, absolutely, but. First sports championship, I'm kind of excited for it. You know, uh, yeah, big hockey guy over here. Um, Neither of our teams are in it. Haven't way, haven't missed listening. very many games. Uh, I'm a Blues fan, and DB, are you? You're a Blackhawks, right? 
Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. We tend to we tend to like the uh, rivals here. You know, I'm a Cardinals. He's yeah. Reds. I'm a Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. He's Blues. Exactly. Goes it's hand in Goes for the perfect conversation. So that pretty much covers no, it for our sports for today. Uh, you know, we'll continue to watch this U.S. Open. I'd say by the next episode, uh, a champion will be crowned. We'll be trying to do something uh, next weekend before NFL Sunday as well, and we'll keep. We'll keep track of that parlay DB had. So uh, go through it one more time. You had Bills money line, Cardinals point spread, and then you took the Rams money line, right? I had the I had the Bills spread. I had the Bills okay, spread, okay. Rams money line, Rams money line, All right, and the Cardinals spread. So we'll keep spread. track of that, and uh, we'll see how the record goes. We'll see if any of the teams that we picked today uh, cover or uh, just kind of outright win. So going into week two NFL, we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens. Also going to be joined by our third partner on here next week, I'm assuming, too. So we'll have another uh, another brain to pick on some of these picks. Um, Steve, Steven Zeers is going to be the guy. And uh, also a very, very good gambler has come yeah. to sports betting. Uh, he always seems to be on top of it. He's uh, He's got all the odds. He's, uh, he's a good one to listen to. Yeah, I know I get too, a lot man. of my he's picks He's definitely from him, one of so. the guys that I uh, – uh, try to model my gambling after. If one was to model their gambling after somebody, he'd probably be the one for me. Uh, super, he's big into the uh, big into the ponies too. So uh, if any, yeah. Oh yeah, I was going to say we could add that. You know, I mean, I I bet I bet horses every once in a while, and uh, if we want to start adding that in, you know, come time of the bigger races or even like a weekend, you know, I usually tend to only bet yeah. on uh, the yeah, ponies on the weekends. Exactly. So, but. Just keep adding the diversity to this to this podcast. Yeah, for sure. work. So, so, well, that pretty much sums it up for episode one. Like I said, this is a pilot. Uh, honestly, surprised that we went as long as we did. Uh, I guess you know, with with breaking down each of the games man, and talking about spreads, uh, you know, obviously it's going to take a little bit longer. So, uh, like I said, we'll just keep record on uh, you know who wins this U.S. Open, who wins uh, NFL Week Two. Uh, MLB playoffs, like I said, we'll probably be wrapping up by the time our second episode comes out. So we'll kind of have an update on that. And then, like he said, you know, we're going to be add, adding a third brain to the mix. So we'll be getting a lot of good information coming into the podcast, especially, you know, Stephen being a, being a big gambler as well. Uh, he loves golf too. So I'm sure he's has some bets going on here on this U.S. Open. And uh, we'll kind of see. We'll see who comes sure out does. as a uh, – on top. 